Wisconsin does not have a signature win. That win over Michigan State on Christmas Day was important at the time. A lot has changed since Christmas Day. We got a new president. Mr. Potato Head is no longer a mister. Like, that was was a while ago. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I started the show yesterday, kind of a message of positivity. Remember, the weather's beautiful, everybody's smiling. I went for a walk around downtown La Crosse yesterday afternoon, and it's just kind of hopping. Like, yeah, people had masks on and were eating outside, but walking the dogs and riding bikes, and everybody just seems very happy. It feels normal, or at least more normal than it's felt since the beginning of the pandemic, which was almost a year ago. I, I kind of had that same feeling today. I was joking with a coworker when I got in that... We're at work today, like we clocked in this morning, but it, it kind of feels like when you would come to school the day of a field trip, <laughs> like, yeah, we're all here, like we're, we're we, we've showed up, but this doesn't really count. Same kind of feeling today. I think everybody has half a foot out the door with the weather going to be as beautiful tomorrow as it looks. And it's the NBA all-star break. So the bucks are done for a few days. It just kind of feels like a getaway day. Feels like a getaway day. And I would like tonight's show to reflect that energy, and I think it's going to. It's the Wisco Sports Show, and my name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. We're going to be rewarded with some beautiful weather, and I, I bring it up obnoxiously because I, when the sun is out and it's warm, I'm in such a great mood, and when it's cold and dark, then I typically take it out on our sports team, so sometimes it has a tendency to impact my takes. Happy Friday, uh, and a job well done making it to the weekend. We're going to talk basketball tonight, mostly basketball. A lot of conversation about the Bucks, who won last night. The final score made it look close. Oh, Bucks held on, 112-111 in Memphis. It's a little bit more interesting than that. There's a long story to last night's game, and I'm looking forward to digging into that. We're going to preview the NBA All-Star game just a little bit. Not who's going to win and who's going to lose, because it's the All-Star game, and I don't really care. And if I don't care, I definitely know that most of you don't care. But we are going to talk about an interesting Bucks topic and an interesting Bucks angle Related to the All-Star Game, we're going to get to that in about 20 minutes. We'll speak with Ebo, our friend from the zone in Madison, coming up at 435. Ebo's been pulling double duty. He's been doing his show in the morning, and then he's been helping out Bill Michaels, the big unit, in the afternoon. Because Bill joined us uh, a couple of weeks ago now. He launched a show, and Ebo's been, you know, Ebo. He's a very calming presence and a very professional presence. He kind of, you know, makes sure everything goes smoothly. We'll talk to Ebo at 430. Your comments, welcome as always on the talk and text line. Text me, 608-796-2558. And you can tweet at me as well if you're on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Let's start with last night. Bucks beat the Grizzlies 112-111. And if you just look at the score and you didn't watch the game and you don't look at the box score, you don't read anything, just look at the final score and that's it. 112-111. You might think, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty close. But, you know, good job by the Bucks holding on. Closing it out at the end. That's a mature win. That's a that's a big boy win. It takes some composure. It, it takes some poise to win a one-point game, as we've seen with the Badgers. Despite starting, you know, like five seniors that are all 26 years old, they can't close it down. But the Bucks, they were able to do so last night by one point on the road. And you might think, oh, interesting game. You know, it was close, but the Bucks held on. This game has so many layers And it's much deeper than that. It's a much more interesting game than that. And I'm very excited to break it down. Now, before we do so, I want to go back to yesterday's show because I had a tweet from our friend Big Joe. Said, Grant, what do you think about tonight's Bucks game? We talked about it for like 30 seconds. And that's the only conversation we had about the Grizzlies. We didn't preview this game at all. But here's what I had to say. And not to take a victory lap, but I was kind of hit this one right on the head. And I got a tweet earlier on in the show while we were talking Brewers from Big Joe. Great friend of the show, Big Joe, in Madison. He says, Grant, how about them Bucks? Think they're going to win tonight. Joe, I appreciate you tweeting. I have no idea. I have, I have zero clue on whether or not the Bucks will win tonight. They better. I, it would make me feel very good if they did. If they came out, looked confident, looked strong. It'd make me feel really good after they kind of mailed it in against the Nuggets um, two nights ago. Two nights ago against the Nuggets. So they got night off. It'd make me feel a lot better if they came out and they showed, look, we're fine. We, we, we got it. We took the night. We mailed it in on Tuesday night. It's fine. We mailed it in. We're back. We can beat up on the Memphis Grizzlies, which hopefully is the case. That's kind of exactly what happened last night. 
Now, the final score wouldn't indicate it, but that's how this game played out. What I told Big Joe yesterday on the show and what we talked about for a couple of minutes, I wanted the Bucks to respond. They mailed it in against Denver on Tuesday night. They completely gave up on that game, down double digits after the first quarter. And you know what? I'm kind of okay with it. Like, they beat Denver in Denver, which never happens. They had won five in a row. It's like, okay, if you want to mail in a game, fine. I don't like it, but let's all get on with our night. Like, there's a lot of these games. There's 70 regular season games. Okay, but if you're going to mail it in on Tuesday night, you better show up and have a strong response on Thursday. And the Bucks did. They were up 31-17 after the first quarter. Great. They brought the energy. They look engaged. And, and they're, they look ready to move past what happened on Tuesday night. The thing is... Being up 31-17 after the first quarter, the Bucks they were hoping that that was going to be enough. Kind of hoping that Memphis was just going to lay down and give up after one quarter the way the Bucks gave up after one quarter on Tuesday. And I respect it. Like, good for the Bucks. This is worth a shot. Like, try really hard in the first quarter and just see if, see if they won't give up. And then we can kind of coast for the final three quarters. I, res- I respect the idea. I respect the, the hustle. Right? If you don't got to play a full four quarters, what, what, why not? Right? Like Try to end it after one quarter and see if the Grizzlies won't give up. The Bucks gave up on Tuesday. The Grizzlies uh, did not give up last night. Not even after being down 31-17 after the first quarter. The Bucks were outscored by four points in the second quarter. They got whooped in the third quarter by 10 points. And they were outscored by one point in the fourth. But they held on mostly due to a really, really strong start. Did it ever feel like the Bucks had the momentum in last night's game past the first quarter? Not really. But they gave themselves such a cushion, and they're a good enough team that they kind of limped all the way to the finish line. And, of course, it helped that Drew Holiday is back healthy, and he hit a go-ahead jumper with two seconds left last night. Coach Bud, after the game, was asked about Drew Holiday's final shotting and kind of how that play shaped up. Yeah, I mean, when we went to that timeout, um, knowing that they would, you know, they would have to go down one, they weren't, um, you know, it was just communicated that, you know, we had no timeouts and if they did score, we needed to push it. Um, and, you know, I think, I think it was, you know, Pat Connington ended up with the, with the inbounds pass to Drew and he went into attack and got to a great spot and a great look and, you know, a huge shot. I think this Bucks offense, like a lot of offenses in basketball, both in the pros and in college, and you even see this in high school too. I think a lot of basketball offenses are just better when the pace is being pushed. When you're constantly looking to make that big pass down the court. It's like, we want to push it. We want to make a big skip pass. We really want to put pressure on the defense. And I liked that the Bucks down one with less than 10 seconds to go, getting the ball back, trying to win it. They, they just push the ball. They say, get it up the floor. Push, 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 push. Go, 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 go. Drew Holiday did that, and the shot ended up going down, which is why the Bucks wanted Drew Holiday in the first place. Another guy who can get a bucket. Now, John Morant was the story last night, and... I don't know how much NBA you watch. I can't imagine a lot of you watch a lot of NBA, you know, Grizzlies games. I don't. I can't imagine most of you are, are watching the Grizzlies on a on a night-to-night basis. But John Moran is so fun to watch, isn't he? And I apologize to Marquette fans because remember the Murray State game? Is that two March Madnesses ago? I mean, Marquette loses in the first round every year, so it's easy to confuse their first round losses. But no, I'm talking... I'm talking... Two tournaments ago when they lost in the first round to Murray State, they lost to the Murray State Racers. Good piece of trivia knowledge. They lost by 20, and John Morant had 17, 11, and 16 assists. He also had 10 turnovers, which is hilarious. What a beast, right? I love that kind of player and that kind of offense. You just do it all, including double-digit turnovers, but they won by 20. I was I was looking back at that game and looking through the box score and watching the highlights. I'm like, oh, yeah. John Morant dismantled Marquette two years ago. And it, like I said, it's easy to forget because Marquette loses in the first round every year, so it all starts to run together. Last night, John Morant had 28 points in the second half. And as the third quarter rolled along, Grizzlies got a little closer. As the fourth quarter really heated up, the Bucs actually fell behind a couple of buckets. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't think the Bucs are going to win this. I got a feeling it's like this does not feel good. I do not feel good about the Bucs holding on and winning this game. And you know how this goes. Not just with the Bucks, but with the Brewers, with the Packers. Over the course of a season, you have a couple of games where you look back really regrettably. Remember a couple of years ago when the Brewers were going into the All-Star break and they lost five in a row to the Pirates? And, and one of those games they lost because the ball rolled through Eric Kratz's legs at the end and it was this big fiasco. And we referenced that loss for the rest of the year. I think if the Bucks would have lost last night, 
this would have been one of those losses or a month from now, two months from now, you look back, it's like, oh my God, that Grizzlies loss really stings. You really wish they were, were able to hold on against the Grizzlies. That, lo- that loss really stung. That one really hurt. That was a bad loss. And the Bucks were able to avoid a loss like that last night, mostly because of Drew Holiday. John Morant was the story for the Grizzlies. Drew Holiday was the story for the Bucks last night. He had 15 points, hit the game-winning shot, the go-ahead bucket at the end. And Chris Middleton had more points. He had 22. Giannis had more points. He had 26. But Drew Holiday's 15 points, that was the story, including the go-ahead bucket. And Drew Holiday was doing things last night, and his impact was was wider reaching than just those 15 points and that final bucket. And you need to really pay attention to Drew Holiday and how he impacts the Bucks' offense throughout the entire game, especially right now because he's not really playing a full load of minutes. He played 23 minutes last night, right? And he's easing back in after missing you know double-digit games, 10 games after testing positive for COVID-19, right? Watch Drew Holiday through the course of the game and just notice the little things that he does that only Drew Holiday could do. Not Eric Bledsoe or not George Hill, but Drew Holiday. It's these little things that only he can do that the Bucks haven't had the last couple of years. And for the last few weeks, especially with Holiday out due to COVID, I've been hearing requests from Bucks fans, seeing tweets and hearing calls on, on sports morning shows in the afternoon, and then even on this show, too. You get a lot of people who call and text in, and, and they have, like, a laundry list of requests for the Bucks. It's like, this is what they need to trade for before the March 25th trade deadline. This is what they need to look for on the buyout market. This is what the Bucks need, like a shopping list. Like, you need someone who can get you a bucket. Uh, you need another point guard. You need somebody else who can handle the ball. Put the ball on the boards, right? Put the ball on the, on the, on the floor. You need another shooter. I've heard all these things for the last couple of weeks, and it's funny because Drew Holiday is all of those things. Drew Holiday can do all of those things, and he needs to do all of those things because the Bucs need all of those things. If the Bucs want to achieve their goal this year, which I'm not really sure what it is. I like If the Bucs make the Eastern Conference Finals and lose in a tough series to the Nets, I don't think that's a huge failure. Now, if they lose before the Eastern Conference Finals, I think it's going to be a failure. I don't think it's NBA Finals or bust. If the Nets didn't exist, I would feel differently, but they do. Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, and Joe Harris, that's that's no joke. They might get Blake Griffin, too, which I don't think really matters, but it's you know one other big name. If the Bucs want to accomplish their goal, which is Eastern Conference Finals-ish, they need Drew Holiday to be as advertised. They need him to do all those things, to be able to get a bucket, and create his own shot. They need him to be able to handle the ball, right? Because, like, who's who's their other point guard, really? DJ Augustine ain't it. Now, maybe he starts to play better as the season goes on. That would be a great shot in the arm, but right now he's giving you nothing. And Chris Middleton was running the point a little bit last night, but Chris Middleton can't handle the ball. He had four turnovers. He just isn't a comfortable ball handler, which is okay. That's why they traded for Drew Holiday. Andrew Holiday created a couple of buckets last night where a bucket didn't really exist. Going into halftime, he got to the rim and put the ball up with like 0.2 seconds left. So decisive and and so creative with the ball. And then the game winner too, just going one-on-one with his man, getting a step on and breaking him down and creating enough space to get a jumper. That's a play that Eric Bledsoe wasn't making. And that's a play that George Hill isn't making. That's why they traded for Drew Holiday. And he's a good enough three-point shooter. He's shooting like 36% this season. I looked it up today. Eric Bledsoe shot on average 34% in his time with the Bucs. Now, I'm not saying that that two two percentage point difference is is huge, but Drew Holiday is certainly a more natural shooter. He's less streaky, and I trust him more in the playoffs. Drew Holiday does all of these things that Bucs fans have been noticing the last few weeks. It's like the Bucs need this. They're missing this. They need to trade for this. No, what they really need is to get Drew Holiday back. And I made a huge point of this last week. I talked about this for probably 30, 40, 50 minutes combined over our five shows last week. Drew Holiday is huge for this team. He's so important for this team. And Coach Bud talked about this last night after the game. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's a big-time player that, you know, I think um, can step up in the big moment for us like that. You know, the steal on Morant, the timeout was huge. Um, so, you know, it's just it's great to, to get him back, work him in. Um, you know, he'll get to now work on his body some over the All-Star break. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's exciting to think about what he can bring in big moments. It's going to be a, a much-needed break for Drew Holiday. That's great. Come back, play a couple of games, and then take a couple days off, easing back into, you know, the rigors of a couple games a week NBA schedule. I'm not saying that a healthy Drew Holiday is now going to lead this team to the finals. 
that's a bit much. But there's certainly a way better team with him. And I feel like I need to remind people about that because Drew Holiday's new, right? He played in the West. He's not a huge name superstar player. Not everybody knows who he is. The Bucs traded half their roster to get this guy. They changed their offensive philosophy and their defensive philosophy once they got him. They started switching in crunch time moments, and it worked for the first time ever against the Clippers on Sunday. And the role that he plays, he's the distributor. He's the point guard. He's a creator. And in the playoffs, they're going to lean on him big time. Not something they could have done with Eric Bledsoe. Well, they tried, and you saw how that went the last few years. Drew is so important to this team. And I'm not saying that the Bucs are finals bound now that he's healthy, but I'm just trying to emphasize his importance. And we saw his importance laid out really clearly in a couple of plays last night. That was the reason the Bucs were able to hold on and, and kind of snatch a win from the jaws of defeat going into the All-Star break. Let's take a break. I want to talk about the All-Star break. Not really the All-Star teams, or because it's the All-Star game. Who really cares? But there is one player that Giannis is teaming up with on Team LeBron. I think Giannis could learn a thing or two. And I want to talk about that coming up next. We'll also talk to our friend Ebo from The Zone in Madison coming up at 435. Happy Friday. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. More of the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Appreciate you hanging out. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. I hate to keep bringing up the weather because lesser radio hosts will, you know, use it as small talk to fill time. But I I took a walk outside today, this afternoon, felt amazing. I know it's going to be the same tomorrow. And I I think that just impacts our mood after a long, cold winter, especially as cold as it was a couple of weeks ago. So I can feel that energy. I can feel it at work today with my coworkers, and I hope you kind of have a, a sense of optimism too. Tomorrow's going to be beautiful, and we don't have to spend it inside watching the Bucks and the Badgers play on Sunday, but who cares? Who cares? They're, de- they're dead. I'll wait till the conference tournament. I'll wait till March Madness, and I'm going to tell Ebo that, our upcoming guest from the zone in Madison. I will lay that out for Ebo coming up before 35. I was on his show on Tuesday, and he asked me, Grant, do you think the, the Badgers can win at Purdue tonight? And I said, who cares? Who cares? I viewed that Illinois game as the last good chance to get a a statement win. And when they lost that game, I said, done. I'm done. Call me when the conference tournament starts. Then I'll watch. Because I I didn't see a way they would win at Purdue, and they didn't. And I really don't see a way that they win at Iowa this weekend. So we're not going to spend time on the Badgers. And I will explain that to our very Badger-centric guest, Ebo, coming up at 435. If you'd like to join in on the show, send me a text, 608-796-2558. You can tweet at me as well. If you're on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, you can follow and, and tweet me there during the show. Talking a little bit about the Bucks, They beat the Grizzlies last night, 112-111. I thought last night's game was just a great example of what Drew Holiday provides for this Bucks team, why the Bucks wanted to trade for him in the first place, and just the little plays that he can convert, the little differences between Drew Holiday and Eric Bledsoe or George Hill or s- certainly DJ Augustine, but I don't know if we needed a game to... <laughs> To illustrate that, I think we had a pretty clear picture on the difference between the Bucks' starting point guard, the one that they traded every first-round pick possible for, and DJ Augustine, you know, coming off the bench. Last night was the last game for the Bucks before the All-Star break, and I think it's a little bit of a relief for, for players to just know they have a couple days off, but I think also for fans to know that we can take a couple of days off. We don't have to worry about watching the Bucks play the Pacers on a Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. We got a weekend to chill, and it's going to be beautiful outside. So I, I think there was a certain enthusiasm when the Bucks game wrapped up last night. Giannis certainly looked happy. Nice to take a breather, work on ourselves. Jim Paschke and Steve Novak on the Fox Sports Wisconsin broadcast pointed it out. The idea of a getaway day, right? You can tell when, when players are, are playing in their last game or their last practice before a break. And it sometimes can go either way. Sometimes the players really want to go out on a high note. And I think the Bucks started the game with that energy last night. They were up 31-17 after the first quarter. They really came out with the energy, wanting to kind of wash away what happened on Tuesday when they essentially gave up against the Nuggets. And they want to go into the break on a high note. And I think the Bucs kind of expected the Grizzlies to lay down after the first quarter, which I respect, right? Don't knock it till you try it. Maybe they did lay down, and then the Bucs cruised to an easy win. But they did not, and they really had to fight all the way until the end. And the Bucs certainly shot in the second half like it was a getaway game. 
They shot one of 14 from three in the second half. And the only three-point shot that went down was Pat Connaughton, who had 15 points last night. And I ripped on Pat Connaughton as much as anyone the first couple of weeks of the season because the Bucks gave him a multi-year contract extension to more money than they needed to give him because I think the Bucks were bidding against themselves, and I hated the contract. And, and I, I hate how sports fans work, myself included, because we see a number and we see a contract, and then we judge a player on that number. And this is, this is so toxic with Chris Middleton because Chris Middleton will have a good game. He'll score 25, he'll score 26, 27, and nobody will say anything. And then when he has one bad game where he scores 14, people say, well, he's getting paid too much money to, to have a performance like that. It's like, stop, 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 stop. Like We can't always watch these players through the lens of what they're being paid. And I fell into that trap with Pat Connaughton when he was playing so poorly because all I could think about was his contract. But even I have to give Pat Connaughton a lot of credit because he's playing like a true sixth man. Like, he is playing great, and he has responded so well after a, a couple of really rough weeks. And that really makes me respect Pat Connaughton. I would rather have a, a slow start to the year that he takes personally and he works hard to correct and, and move on. I would rather have that than, you know, he comes out firing 45% from three, everything's going great, and then when the bottom drops out in the middle of the season, he can't recover. So I have a lot of respect for Pat Connaughton last night, and he was the only buck to hit a a three-pointer in the second half last night. Now, they only needed one, I guess, but skating by and winning just by one point with that Drew Holiday go-ahead bucket. The All-Star draft was yesterday as well, or at least it was broadcasted yesterday. So this year we have Team LeBron and Team Kevin Durant. So Giannis isn't a captain. He's not picking, and Giannis was the first overall pick to Team LeBron which I don't really care about. I know some Bucks fans were, hey, number one overall pick in the All-Star draft. I don't I, I don't really care. And I don't think you really care about the game. And I don't really care about the game. I'll watch, and I, I hope it's good. The rosters are interesting. Te- LeBron's team is so good. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't know if anyone cares, but his team is awesome. The starting five are Giannis, LeBron, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and Nikola Jokic. I love that starting five. And this is Giannis's reaction last night in the postgame presser when Zora Stevenson broke the news to Giannis. Hey, this is your team. And you can tell Giannis is in a great mood because he was just mowing down on a platter of chicken wings during the presser. You and LeBron, obviously. And then Steph, Luka, and Jokic. That's a starting five? Yes. Yeah, it's over, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Me, LeBron, Luka, Jokic, and Steph. Yes. Man, that's a good starting five. That's a good starting five. That is a really good starting five. I mean, the other all-star team is pretty good, too. Irving, Embiid, Leonard, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, and Kevin Durant. But it's not as good as it's not as good as Giannis' team. It's not. And Kevin Durant doesn't put Kevin Durant's out with an injury, so his team is Kyrie, Joel Embiid, Kawhi, Bradley Beal, and Jason Tatum. Like that team's really good too, but LeBron's team? Man. And, I, like, I don't want to preview this game at all. I'm not going to say, hey, Team LeBron has the edge this way or schematically or they'll rebound better or whatever. I don't want to do that because it's the all-star game. But one real actual basketball detail, something legit that I wanted to mention before we take a break. Nikola Jokic, Giannis needs to befriend this man and learn everything from him. Specifically, Jokic's passing. And I've been pretty complimentary at times of Giannis's passing because he's pretty good at finding shooters. And he, he does so in like a point guard role. So Giannis will be at the top of the key, dribble, 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 and then he'll drive. And the defense will collapse, and now Giannis is driving in the paint, and he's got to kick to shooters. And to his credit, he does a pretty good job finding shooters. He'll make some difficult passes, and he'll find a guy in the corner. What I want Giannis to improve at is passing out of the post. So Giannis is on the block, and somebody lobs the ball down to him. Sometimes he gets a little frozen. He gets a little stuck where he's got to gather himself, get his balance, take a couple of dribbles, maybe back. No, 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 no. If you watch Jokic, there will be plays where Jokic is in the post. He'll get the ball and he'll immediately pass it. Tap pass. Send it the other way. Really, really quickly. And Giannis is a good passer as a point guard, but I think we all want to see Giannis play around the basket a little bit more. And I want him to become a better passer from that post position. And Jokic is the guy. He's the gold standard at passing out of the paint. So if you're ever watching the Nuggets or you're watching the All-Star game this weekend, watch how Nikola Jokic passes from the post position, either in the high post or the low post. Giannis needs to learn how to do that better. He's an okay passer as as a point guard or from the point guard position. He needs to get better as a passer from the center position because I think ideally we'd all like to see him playing around the basket a little bit more, which means his passing while playing around the basket needs to improve, not just his, his point forward passing where he's trying to break a defense down and 
and cause the defense to collapse so he can find a shooter. Two different types of passing. Giannis is pretty good at one, needs growth in the other, and I think Nikola Jokic is a, is a great person for Giannis to model his game after. And they're playing on the same team this weekend. So that's my one legit, actual, real basketball take <laughs> from the All-Star roster. I really had to think hard on that. The rest of it is mostly just for fun. Let's take a break, get connected with our buddy Ebo from The Zone in Madison. I want to talk Badgers, a little Bucks, and a little J.J. Watt, too, because I want to know what people in Madison have to say about J.J. Watt just saying no to his hometown team in his hometown state. So we'll talk with Ebo coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Hope you're having an excellent Friday and looking forward to an awesome, wonderful, warm, sunny weekend. And we're free of Bucks basketball. They're on the all-star break. We're free of the miserable losing streak Badgers until Sunday so we can relax for a couple of days. And I'm looking forward to that. I hope you are too. Joining us now, always, always um, a highly coveted guest. That's our friend Ebo from the zone in Madison. And Ebo, I almost felt bad asking you to come on today because you've been pulling double duty. You've been doing the show with uh, with Bill Michaels. And it's they're not giving you name recognition. I think Ebo in the unit is an excellent name for a show, and it's a bummer that that's not being used. Well, granted, I got your unit hanging. So, I mean, it, it's like it takes up a big of the billboard. So, listen, I'm just helping out my guy Bill Michaels. And then uh, once he's you know, up and running and, and smooth, which he is already, it's just, We'll send him on his way. I'm just making sure everything is great because now he's with Midwest Family Broadcasting. We get him, you know, the training wheels off and we send him on his way. <laughs> get the training wheels off. Well, and it's, you know, if, if something needs to be done right at your station, Madison, then you need to do it. Uh, and I, I appreciate that attitude from you. I got to ask before we get into sports, do you like Drake? Because Drake dropped a new mixtape last night and I work on a music station. I know you work on music stations as well. Are you, are you a Drake fan? Because I think his mixtape he dropped last night. I think it stinks. And I will say that with no apology. Grant, um, man, I have not really dove into Drake's Drake since 2010, maybe. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. So the grassy for me when he um, gets shot and then he goes into the wheelchair and then he's rapping in the wheelchair Degrassi that's like pinnacle Drake for me okay and then when the mixtape comes out is like one of his first ones and then early on in young money that's when I like Drake but lately I just I've been a classic rock guy for a while now grant I'm always having my whole life but I've kind of fallen out of the newer hip-hop and rap scene I'm I'm, I'm more geared to the middle 2000s and earlier I always see you listening to tool. Yeah, thank you. It's yeah. beautiful. It's a lot of people just can't get that music because they don't have high IQ like I do. But Grant, it is it is wonderful music. I hear I hear a lot of people who I, I would never expect to be into Tool. They're like, actually, I really like Tool, and I'm like, well, I never would have guessed. So I, I think you're. I don't think you're in the minority. Uh, like maybe some people think with with hardcore rock or, or classic rock. I do want to talk about sports topics. I just wanted to get your thoughts on Drake, which I know I didn't prepare you for, so I kind of jumped that on oh, you. Oh, but... totally cool. Uh, Drake, no, I, I seriously, like 2010, I think is the last time I really dove in. Um, don't hate. I'm not a player hater when it comes to Drake. And if you like him, like him. But it's just right now, not for me. They all kind of sound the same. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I tweeted this morning. I don't think he's had a new sounding piece of music since 2017. So I'm just I'm kind of waiting on that. And he knows if he just keeps putting out music like he is, people are going to eat it up and it doesn't really need to be. Uh, hey, Grant, when he came out, when he came out, it was kind of a reinvention of like, you know, the genre a little bit. It was a different sound. And now a lot of artists have to do it throughout their careers. They have to reinvent themselves every so often. And Drake's kind of been sounding the same. So maybe it's time for a reinvention. Maybe that's the next thing. Yeah. Well, and I know you've been called the Drake of Madison Sports Radio as well. And, you know, you were a reinventor. Actually, Grant, I think they call me the tool of Madison ah, Sports okay. Radio. I don't, think, I don't think that's a good thing, though, <laughs> they're saying. I think they're meaning it in a different way. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's related to the band, but it, it works out well. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about, let's start with Wisconsin basketball. Because I saw your show this morning posting a poll question. Question on Twitter, and it was captioned in all capitals, which it grabbed my attention. Test of basketball faith. Will Wisconsin beat Iowa on Sunday? 84% of people said no, and I tweeted Ooh. at you, and I will say it again. You got to give this team a rest. You got to just let them die. Like, stop trying to look for reasons to think they're going to win, because you're just going to be disappointed, Ebo. You just, you're going to be let down. Well, 
Grant, here's the thing. You don't know what I voted in the poll, Grant, and I voted yes, I do have faith, actually. <laughs> no, Grant, you're right. I brought in Zach Halper, and I know a guest of yours as well. By the way, um, I think this is the first time I'm on since Eau Claire has joined. I just want to say hello to Eau Claire. But, uh, yeah, Zach Heilprin was on, uh, Grant, uh, my show this morning, and I asked him for positives. And let's just say there weren't many positives. There was uh, less turnovers than they've had in the past two games. <laughs> yeah. There were um, – they shot a lot of – the most free throws they've shot in quite some time. I know there's a lot of fouls. There's a lot of fouls in the game. And um, I think offensively Nate Reavers maybe looked a little better. So there's there's three po- – <laughs> Here's a positive. Sure. It's the last regular season game of the Big Ten. It's the, the season is dwindling down. There's a positive. The season's almost over. Maybe the Badgers are one of those flip-the-switch teams, and they really aren't going to start caring until the games matter in the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. Maybe that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, here I'm falling into the trap that I was warning you of. I'm looking for reasons to carry water for this team, and i got to stop because, to me, over the last couple of weeks, asking if the Badgers can win – this set upcoming big game. It's like asking if it's like asking if Al Gore still has a chance to to become the president. Like this debate was over so long ago. They can't beat good teams. Al Gore, what a what a throwback. Jeez, I'm actually going to say Bob Dole. But yeah, Grant, um, <laughs> when when you look at this Badger basketball team, it's I was there with you too, brother. It's uh, there's still a little tiny light. Uh, uh, one of our callers, Kyle and Stoughton, had called in earlier today. And he said he's got this little little tiny glimmer of light that's just flickering, you know, somewhere in his bowels. And then right when the Badgers lose on Sunday, not they might win, but odds would say that they lose because yeah. they are 0-7 against ranked teams. They haven't beat a team with a you know a winning record. They're just no signature win in the Big Ten. But once that uh, possible loss comes on Sunday, oh, what, around 2 o'clock, maybe a little before, that we're just going to drown our sorrows in an anytime drink, a Bloody Mary, and just give out that last hope of uh, of light, that light of hope, and then just kind of see what happens at the Big Ten tournament and pray we get out of the first round in March Madness. Ebo, the zone in Madison, way to stay on brand, bringing up the anytime drink. And I got to say, Ebo, there's some state tournament games going on in lacrosse right now at the lacrosse center, which is like two blocks from where I'm currently sitting. So you have people from around the state coming into town. And I saw some local like high school coaches and, and people who were into sports in the lacrosse area tweeting out and posting on social media. Hey, if you're here for the tournament, you want a burger, go here. If you're looking for this, go here. And I didn't see anybody make any Bloody Mary recommendations, which was a little wow. bit of a bummer because I thought we could go over that. But no such luck. Wow, that's almost unreal. I'll say it then. Go to Dell's Bar and have a Bloody Mary. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you lunatics, go to Dell's Bar and have a Bloody Mary. That's the only one I know. The lacrosse uh, center in, is in two lacrosse. blocks from where I am. Dell's is like a block and a half. Like it's so it, – it's, it's close enough to the point where it's like if I'm walking to my car after work – it's like, oh, I got to walk a block away to get to my car. I might as well swing to the right and walk into Dell's for a $2 PBR well, or for a Bloody what, Mary. What if I were to do this, Grant? What if I were to do this? What I make, and I might be, you know, biased, but I make the best Bloody Mary around. Actually, I'll take it back. My wife makes an even better one. Okay. What if my wife and I drive up to La Crosse, and then we go to your house, and we set up a Bloody Mary bar and charge five bucks a cup? What do you think? Hmm. So it's like Bill throwing an opening day party at his tiki bar type of thing, except we're combining to throw a Bloody Mary. Yeah, I could, I could get behind that. Yeah, absolutely. And I will take I'll, – I'll give you a cut. I'll give you like 10% of the profit. How's that sound? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a little <laughs> bit. And I appreciate that. I would I would enjoy that very much. I would love to have a Bloody Mary with you uh, before too long. Ebo, I, I do want to ask you about J.J. Watt. And I, I got to be careful about how I do this because I think – I think sports fans in the state of Wisconsin, rightfully so, have become a little fatigued by the J.J. Watt talk. Yeah, it's like, God, why are you still bringing this up? Why are you still talking about it? And I, I, I barely talked about it when it was going on. I'm like, look, I, I don't even want to talk about this. When he signs, we'll talk about it, and that's it. I was not part of the Watt watch thing. I, it was kind of exhausting. Was the news of J.J. Watt going to Arizona, was that received very poorly, especially in Madison, or were people just kind of over it when it happened? You know, Grant, I mean, J.J. Watt obviously more ties to Madison than he does in lacrosse there for you, just because he was a Wisconsin Badger, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I was I was pretty invested into the Watt watch, I'll be completely honest. I wouldn't have minded seeing the uh, the gomer that he is on the Green Bay Packers. I, my, I said my head said no, my heart said yes, my gut said no, kind of. I'm like, eh. Grant, when he signed with the Arizona Cardinals, I was, like, dumbfounded because I never thought, 
Super Bowl and Arizona Cardinals no. in the same sentence. They're like the third best team. They could be last in their division. Like the NFC West is stacked. J.J. Watson, he wanted to go to a Super Bowl contender. He didn't. Just be honest and say you wanted to go get money. Then, I mean, why, why, why dangle that carrot in front of Packer fans saying you want to come, you know, to a Super Bowl contender? You went to the Arizona Cardinals, okay? What do they have that is the Super Bowl contender besides DeAndre Hopkins? My God. So, yes, it was a little disappointing for some people, but other people were like, this guy is such a knob, a dweeb when it comes to, like, the social media. Like, with his Arizona Cardinals shirt, with him, like, doing at that squat rack with his meme yeah. mug. Oh, God, eye roll, cringe. Oh, okay, Come well, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, Ebo. And this is written down in my notes. This isn't me, you know, playing up the point that you just made. I got to admit, I'm I'm pretty annoyed by J.J. Watt. Like, I find him to be quite corny, and I think his social media stuff is, um, I just, I, he just bothers me. He just annoys me. There, I said it, and I know that's sacrilege in the state of Wisconsin, but oh, I think he's annoying. Oh, own it, Grant. It is annoying. It is, it is eye-rolly. It is cringy. He even, he was 10 times worse when he first got into the NFL on his social media accounts. And listen, phenomenal guy when it comes to giving back to the community and all the charities he's done. And a phenomenal beast when healthy on the field. But, my God, can someone just help the poor guy out on social media? It is just so – it's like it's like, uh, it's like the brown-nosing teacher kid in school. Yes. That, like, looks always a suck-up. Yes. And he just always had that dumb smirk on his face. And the teacher likes me and doesn't like you. It's like, dude, you're just kind of a douche. Like, <laughs> can I say that? Yes, you're yes, you can. You're just kind of phony. He is. It's like, listen – it's, it's, it's just annoying. And he even said it on a couple of podcasts. I think it might have been a uh, part of my take podcast or something years ago that he was, a, he was being super phony to get the sponsorship dollars, which whatever, go get your money. That's cool. But, dude, you're worth like $50 million now. Drop the facade of the phoniness, or maybe that's just what it is. Like, Grant, he was uh, – listen, it's cool. He did like the, like the polar plunge. He did like this post-workout. He cut out a block yeah. in the frozen lake. And he, like, that's cool. Like, that's a Wisconsin thing to do. That's awesome. But with the facial, like, how many photos did you take before you okayed the one to put on social media? Mm-hmm. With, like, the, the grumpy, mean-mugging, like, look at me, I'm a badass face. It's like, dude, we get it. You're, like, 260 pounds. You can lift, like, a Brinks truck. We get it. We know you're a beast. Why keep up with the annoyance on social media? But, hey, that's him, I guess. Well, and when people were pressuring sorry, him ranting? to— Was I ranting? I'm sorry. No, this is what I was hoping for. I He tweeted a couple of days ago before he chose. People were pressuring him. He's like, hey, leave me alone. It takes me an hour to pick a place on DoorDash when I order food. I think I'm going to take my time with this decision. And it's like, shut up. You just <laughs> shut up. Like, that's how I felt. So I'm glad we're on the same page here. <laughs> I, yeah, listen— uh, maybe and I, maybe I'm a little salty that he's not a Packer, so maybe that's yeah. part of the reason too. Oh, that's, maybe that's fine. That, it's 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 not rational. Fandom isn't rational. We don't have to apologize for our fandom, Ebo. We don't have to apologize for oh, anything. Grant, as you have told a, me, no, I don't apologize. Good. Twenty twenty never apologized once. In twenty twenty one, I said I have one apology a month, and let me tell you, my one apology is not going to JJ Watt. <laughs> You're not going to burn it on the fifth day of the month. To a to a football player you've never even met, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Well, I'm glad we I'm glad we got some interesting conversation about JJ Watt because I'm glad I'm not the only one who feels this way. And Ebo, I got to tell you before I let you go, tomorrow is going to be sunny and beautiful, and I'm going to spend it all outside. And today, I I found myself growing a little concerned because you have you have quite the light complexion. You're you're quite pale. Um, I'm very pale. Yeah. So if you're if you're having too many anytime drinks tomorrow, don't fall asleep out in the sun and, and turn into a a bright red peach. Well, Grant, I did as a, as a, when I was younger. I starred as a stunt double in the movie Powder. Have you ever seen the movie Powder? It's about El, an albino. So really? I did. I was his stunt double. So we are going to be filming Powder 2 starting tomorrow. So, Grant, I will wear my SPF 1000 while I'm outside just for you, buddy. <laughs> thanks, Evo. And thanks for the time, as always. Have a good weekend. Hey, you too, man. Appreciate it. Ebo, The Zone, in Madison, mornings 6 to 10. And he has been heard live with The Unit, Ebo and The Unit, which is what I'm calling the show. It's... It's just called the Bill Michaels Show. That's it. But I, you know, put Ebo's name on there. He's pushing the buttons. He's talking to callers. He's he's playing a role. So let's give some love to, to Ebo. And I appreciate him as always as a guest. When we come back, a couple of minutes on the Bucks. I want to build off that idea with Giannis and Jokic and what they could take away from each other. We'll talk about that coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Wisco Sports Show. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here. And happy Friday. I hope you're having a good one. My name is Grant Bills, and I'm your host. A big thanks to our guest, Ebo. Just got off the horn with Ebo. What did we talk about? We just ripped on J.J. Watts. Little Badgers basketball. I think we talked about Bloody Marys, as usual, for probably a little bit too long. But that's fine. Your thoughts are welcome on the talk and text line. Um, don't have to be about Bloody Marys. In fact, that's that'd probably be a good thing to uh, to avoid because I'm I'm kind of itching for a Bloody Mary now, and I don't want to be distracted for the rest of the show. 608-796-2558 on Twitter, at Wisco Grant as well. Before we spoke with Ebo, we were talking a little bit about the NBA All-Star Game. Not because we care really that much. The All-Star Game really doesn't matter. It's entertaining, and it's fun. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. My one wish for all-star games is that we would be a little bit more indifferent on them because some people really like them and then some people don't like them, but it's not enough to just not watch. They need to talk about how much, oh, the all-star game is such crap. They don't play any defense and it's blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, it's because you don't like it doesn't mean that you have to ruin it for everyone else. No, they don't play defense. They don't really play defense in normal NBA games either. Leave me alone. Go yell at a cloud be a little bit more accepting of our all-star game viewership or lack thereof. Giannis is on the same team with Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. The starting five on team LeBron is LeBron, naturally, but then Giannis, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and Nikola Jokic. And Giannis had the roster explained to him last night in his post-game presser with Zora Stevenson, and his reaction was, uh, well, I think he's pretty happy. You and LeBron, obviously, and then Steph, Luka, and Jokic. That's a starting five? Yes. Yeah, it's over, guys. <laughs> Me, LeBron, Luca, Jokic, and Steph? Yes. Um, man, that's a good starting five. That's a good starting five. That is, a, that is a really good starting five. Now it's the All-Star game, so of course it's a pretty good starting five. And I don't really care who wins the All-Star game. I'm going to watch because it's the game with all the stars, and that's really fun. But I don't really care who wins, and I'm certainly not going to preview, like, can, can Team Durant, can they get enough rebounds? Can they get enough rebounds to handle? Like, I'm not going to break this game down like it's a normal game. In fact, the last week or so, we really even haven't previewed real Bucks games. We've just kind of talked about them the day after. You know, whether they win or lose or what happens, we just kind of react the next day. I don't I don't know it, if it's smart to preview Bucks games just because there's so many of them. Packers games, that's a little different. The one legit basketball comment that I do have about this that's actually meaningful for the Bucks, Giannis is on the same team as Nikola Jokic. And Jokic does everything well. He is possibly the most skilled big man I've ever seen. I've only been watching the league for, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years. But he's as skilled as they come in in a body that big. And he's such a good passer. And he's a good passer out of the post, which isn't that easy. And Giannis is a good passer when he's playing kind of the point guard role where the, the offense is being initiated through Giannis. He'll start at the top of the key and he'll try to drive and prod his way into the defense. And then if the defenses collapse on in him, uh, he'll kick the ball out. All right, he's pretty good at that. He can he can pass the ball that way. What I would love to see him get better at is passing out of the post because I would like to see Giannis play more in the post. Chris Middleton has gotten really good at these touch passes and these lob passes down into the paint around the rim. And I want Giannis down there more often because it's a pretty effective way to start an offensive possession. The problem is sometimes when he gets the ball down there, he'll freeze. And Nikola Jokic just has such good instincts. The ball will just fly out of his hand. Sometimes he'll get the ball and instantly he'll swing it to an open man. And that's what I want Giannis to get a little bit better at. That's where he could improve. And that's something he could learn from Nikola Jokic, his all-star starting lineup uh, teammate. Now, last night, Giannis was eating a, a plate of lemon pepper wings. He said it was because it's in Memphis. I also think it might have had something to do with the fact that Drake dropped three songs last night. He dropped a little mixtape, and one of them was called Lemon Pepper Freestyle. It's with Rick Ross. I didn't like any of the three songs. I really haven't loved anything Drake has put out since 2017 with More Life. And we got a tweet from Hunter, a listener, who says, no more Drake talk. We're done. Hey, I I haven't liked anything that Drake's put out recently. And I work on a Top 40 station, too, so I have to to listen to it. Like, if I was going to come around on a Drake song, I would have come around the last couple of years. And since More Life in 2017, where you got Blem and Passion Fruit and Get It Together, like, that's mm, Ice Melt with Young Thug. That's great. But since then, it's, it's just kind of been all the same. And I don't know if, if Giannis was eating lemon pepper wings because he knew Drake was dropping a but I don't know why he would do that. That's just kind of weird. Now, if you want to check out some new music, we have about a minute before we got to take a break. If you want to check out some new music that dropped last night, 
as Drake dropped new music. Check out the new song between Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars hasn't put out anything in the last couple of years, but he's teaming up with Anderson Pack. They're doing this duo thing. They're calling themselves Silk Sonic, and this song sounds like it's from the 70s. Like you could be driving around listening to a classic hit station or like the bridge on Sirius XM. You could go from Carol King to this new song from Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. And then after that, you could go right into something by like England Dan and John Ford Coley. And it would fit perfectly. Like it's a really cool song. So if you're looking to check out something new, ignore the Drake because it's just, it's, it, there's nothing to it. But. The new song between Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. They call themselves Silk Sonic, and it's the first single coming out of, of this full album. It's really, really dope. I really, really like it. So I would, uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend if you're looking to check out some new music. Let's get back into the basketball talk coming up next. I want to talk about the Bucks more. I want to talk about some other basketball teams, including one in the Horizon League and the WEAC, which has their championship game tonight, just for a minute. I want to touch on it. And then I will tell you my NBA playoff tiers. There's six of them. I spent like two hours on this this afternoon, and we'll get to that coming up at 5.30. Your text and tweets welcome as well. My name, Grant Bills. Happy Friday. More of the Wisco Sports Show after this. show rolling on my name is grant bills happy friday i have to brag a little bit i have the coolest co-workers radio people are just awesome as you heard with ebo back at 4 30 but one of my co-workers walked up the hill to the previously mentioned dell's bar on third street in downtown lacrosse and bought a kit of bloody mary mix so i am having a bloody in the studio i barely put a tiny tiny bit of vodka mostly just tomato juice and pickles because i didn't have lunch so another bit Another benefit of the anytime drink, the Bloody Mary. It's a little bit of a snack, too. Love it. Having a great Friday. Hope you are as well. Couple of texts to get to. 608-796-2558. Adam texts in and says, when's the schedule come out for the second half? Adam, funny you ask. As a matter of fact, it's already out. So you can see, uh, well, wherever you normally look at your buck schedule, you should be able to find it there. But I would recommend you go to WKTYsports.com. And check out the schedule there because I entered the games myself yesterday. So I know it's correct and it's updated. So the schedule's already out. Yep. Should we go through every second half game next week and just pick them all? Should we win-loss the remaining <laughs> remaining Bucks games? Be a good way to kill 15 minutes. Uh, Bert says, hey, Grant, not sure if you already covered this, but did you talk about Giannis reacting to the All-Star starting five? If not, what are your thoughts? Bert, as a matter of fact, it's funny you ask. We did cover that. Just back at 420, so why not listen again? This is Giannis being told who his uh, all-star starting mates are. You and LeBron, obviously, and then Steph, Luka, and Jokic. That's a starting five? Yes. Yeah, it's over, guys. (laughs) Me, LeBron, Luka, Jokic, and Steph? Yes. Man, that's a good starting five. I mean, if, if we really want to talk about how it's a, it is a fantastic starting five. I know it's an all-star starting five, but I mean, Luka Doncic can be the ball dominant point guard. Steph can play the shooting guard because he can catch and shoot. He doesn't need to be dribbling the ball all the time. Giannis and LeBron just kind of play anywhere. And then Jokic is a big man, but he's such a good distributor. So he can kick it out to shooters like Steph and Doncic and LeBron. Giannis doesn't really have to shoot. He's in that starting five. That is a really well-constructed starting five. Like that's, that's a really fun team. I'm excited to watch that this weekend. That would be fun to play with in, uh, in 2K if I was a 2K guy, which I'm really not. Private Binks, who called about the Brewers yesterday. Binks, I'm so glad that you're contributing to the show once again. We missed you. You went on hiatus for a little while. Says absence of defense almost cost us that game. Drew Holiday saved it. Binks, appreciate your text. Uh, uh, yes and no. I, I saw it differently. I watched the Bucks really struggle to get buckets in the second half. And to me, it, it looked like they never really got in a groove offensively. It was just everybody trying to do it themselves. Everybody was trying to create a bucket without any rhyme or reason, without any cuts or screens. It, it was painful, and no one was finishing at the rim. Like, the Bucks had all these great looks that they just didn't convert on. Dante included. Dante, after that 24-point game a couple of weeks ago, 
he's really struggled, which has been a, which has been a bummer. But I guess it's not unexpected. Dante isn't a superstar; he's not a star yet. So you're gonna you're gonna have some inconsistency. Their defense wasn't great, but I think their offense is worse. And that's the name of the NBA. You got to get stops, but you also got to be able to score too. Because even the best defensive teams, they're still going to score 110, 115, 105 in a normal game. Obviously, it'll be outliers, but you got to be able to score. So, Binks, you saw defense last night. I saw that as well, but I think even more so I saw offense. I appreciate your text. Twitter as well, at Wisco Grant, if you would like to tweet in and join the show that way. I want to talk about something a little different for a couple of minutes before we take a break. Two teams, two games that I've been following and I've been very interested in. Number one, uh, UW-Milwaukee. We talked about them earlier this week. They were down 24 points with just a couple minutes to play against the number two-seeded Wright State. We're talking about the Horizon League tournament. And they came back, and they won in overtime, and it was unreal. Everybody was talking about it the next day. And I'm frustrated because... I didn't think I would be able to watch the Horizon League tournament, and I guess I've learned after the fact that it's on ESPN+, Plus, which I subscribe to for for no reason. Like, the only reason I subscribe to ESPN+, Plus is for the random once-in-a-year opportunity where I have can watch the Horizon League tournament, and I forgot about it. So I kind of feel like my ESPN+, Plus subscription is a huge sham because I could have used it this week and I forgot. So why do I even have it? But I'm writing myself a note now. The next semifinal game is Monday. UW-Milwaukee is going to be playing the number one seeded team, Cleveland State. I'm writing myself a note right now. Uh, Flash poll, does anyone know what the mascot of Cleveland State is? I'm going to look it up because I don't know. Cleveland State mascot. I only look it up because I, I I, think it's hopefully something funny. Cleveland State mascot. Wh- what? Magnus? Cleveland State University Private School. What are they? Yeah, what are they known as? The name is Magnus. What's Cleveland State known for? New mascot. I think they might be the Vikings. Yeah. Okay, so the mascot's name, like Bucky, is Magnus, but they're the Vikings. That's actually boring. I thought it would be a little bit more entertaining than that. Right State? Rowdy Raider. Wow, so they're the Raiders. I got to look more into Horizon League team names. It's like the Mac. There's some good names in there. Like the uh, the uh, Miami of Ohio. What are they? The Red Hawks? You get some good team names when you get into some of these other conferences. So I'm writing myself a note now. I want to watch the Horizon League semifinals on Monday night. And I also, before we take a break, want to give a shout out to the WEAC because they're playing their conference tournaments right now. Now, they don't have a postseason. They don't have a national tournament. But let's be real. The WEAC is by far the best athletic conference in the country. So I think the winner of this tournament should just be awarded the national title anyways because if you can win the WEAC, you can win any conference. That includes the Big Ten. I do... (laughs) Kidding. Uh, UWL and UW Platteville play tonight for the WEAC title. I'm going to watch a stream. I printed out the preview. I was looking over it earlier. Now, I can't speak to UW Platteville because I have mixed feelings about UW Platteville because they always seem to play really well and do some annoying things that tick me off when they play my UWL Eagles. But either way, WEAC Championship signed me up. These two have split their regular season games, one at home and one away. And the, the game is at Mitchell Hall tonight. It's on the campus of UWL. So Ethan Anderson's been playing really well. Seth Anderson has come on. And it's funny because when we act teams succeed, it's usually because players buy in on the defensive end. And that's what I've seen out of especially Seth Anderson because he's just a little bit bigger. So he can guard guards, but he can also guard inside as well. And Ethan Anderson from Black River Falls can just, he can just cook. He can cook. And if you guys don't watch we act basketball, like I don't blame you. I'm not going to pretend that I watch it every night. But they play defense, and they play fast, and the refs let them go, which is awesome. Like, if you hate the NBA because it's soft, watch a WEAC basketball game. I think you'll really like it because the refs are like, hey, we're just here to make sure everybody has a good time and stays healthy and safe. All right, play some defense. Beat each other up. Like, that, that's how the WEAC is officiated, and I love it. And I am a UWL grad, so I will wish good luck to the Eagles and, and Coach Kent Dernbach tonight. They've had a really good season, as has Platteville either way. And it's just cool that they've had an opportunity to play because a couple months ago, I didn't know that was going to be the case. So we act tournament wraps up tonight. That's the best conference in the country. Should be an awesome game. And I'm looking forward to that coming up next. Something I've been looking forward to all day. It's a big project of mine. My NBA championship tiers. I have put all of these teams into tiers one through six grouped them by their chances of winning a championship. So I will explain to you how I organize the entire league because it's the all-star break. Why not get a little reflective? I put like two hours into this. 
So if you tune out and don't listen, that's going to go to waste, and nobody wants that. So please stick around. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Happy Friday. Hope you're having just a bang up night. Looking forward to a great weekend. The WEAC Championship tonight between UWL and Platteville. Got UW Milwaukee playing in the semifinal game on Monday for the Horizon League tournament. So, yeah, a lot of quality basketball going on. Do the Badgers play this week? Oh, who cares? That's right. We don't care. Not at all. They do play on Sunday, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't. My name is Grant Bills. Find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. And you can text the show as well. 608-796-2558. It is time. Uh, I've looked forward to this all day. I put like two hours into this next segment this afternoon. All right. I for, for went. I foregone. I forget. I, I ignored most of my other daily responsibilities today in my place of work. I do more than host this show. I don't do any anything well other than host the show, but I do do other things. And I completely ignored all of those other responsibilities today to maintain the integrity of this next segment. What I have done is put every team in the NBA into a tier. Some tiers include many teams. Some include very few. And the idea is I have put all of these teams into tiers to show how likely they are to possibly contend for a championship this year or just be any good at all. Right, so I've organized everything. There are six tiers. Right? Some are very full, some are not. And I organized and compiled statistics and evidence. Because you know me, if, I, if I'm going to try to explain something to you or argue something, I'm bringing evidence. You know me. I, I do my homework. So I'm now going to give you my NBA tiers, uh, my NBA championship tiers. And I don't know who made the sports radio rule, but when you do this type of thing, you typically put music in the background. Um, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to do that. Once again, I don't know where that started. I'm just... I'm just playing by the rules. Tier number six. We'll start at the bottom. Tier number six is classified as the laughing stock of the NBA. And there's one team in each conference. It's only two teams in this tier. We'll start easy. Uh, that's the Timberwolves in the West. They are 7-29. and 29. And other than Anthony Edwards, I, I don't really know what to get excited about with this team. I like Malik Beasley, but he is suspended for... Law reasons for legal reasons, not be, not because he got too many technicals, because he committed some sort of violent offense, and he is for the law for police reasons. I don't really know what to, I, I don't know the wolves. I'm I'm not going to sell them. I can't, which is why they're in the sixth tier. The Pistons, the other laughing stock of the league, are in the Eastern Conference, and like I like some of their players. I like Jeremy Grant, but I. I don't really know why you would ever want to build your team as Jeremy Grant is the best player. They let Christian Wood go to turn around and give Mason Plumley three years, $25 million. I don't even know which Plumley Mason is. I don't care. I know that he's not worth three years, $25 million. And that's, that's what the Pistons elected to do, which is why they're stuck in the bottom tier with the Wolves. Okay, moving past the laughing stock of the NBA. This next tier is tier five. And there are seven teams in this tier. And these are the teams that I really wouldn't want to be a fan of at the moment. Not in a great spot. Certainly not contending for a championship. I split this tier into two groups. The bad teams and the bad teams that one day might actually be good but are bad at the moment. Let's start with just the plain bad teams. The Houston Rockets. They started as a playoff team. They were actually quite impressive earlier this year. And the Rockets, I got to pull the standings up here in front of me. The Rockets are at the bottom of the Western Conference. They're 11 and 23. And for a moment, after James Harden left, they were winning. They're like, wow, they really rebuilt this roster nicely on the fly. And then they started losing. Christian Wood got hurt, and they have lost 13 in a row. I would not want to be a fan of the Houston Rockets, really ever, but especially right now. Uh, Another team that I wouldn't want to be, the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic are 13-23, and 23, and they're losing games hand over fist. But the thing about the Magic is their outlook in 2021 wasn't that bad. Jonathan Isaac was impressive, except he got hurt. And Markel Fultz is exciting and had rebuilt himself, and he got hurt. And then Cole Anthony has been banged up, too. It's a lost season. 
basically because of injuries. The Orlando Magic might be the San Francisco 49ers of the NBA if the San Francisco 49ers weren't as good the year before. Does that make sense? Another team I wouldn't want to be a fan of, the Bulls. I like Laurie Markkinen. I don't know if he's going to be any good. I like Colby White. The funny thing about Colby White, nobody talks about Colby White, but Colby White has scored just about as many points in the NBA as Zion Williamson. Nobody really talks about Colby White because he's stuck in the Bulls. Been a poverty franchise outside of Michael Jordan and Derrick Rose. Thad Young, I guess, is good, and Levine is your classic good stats, bad team guy. I don't know where the Bulls go from here. Unless Colby White becomes a superstar. Now, these are the four teams that I also have in the same tier, but these teams have potential to get better. Number one, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I really like watching the Cleveland Cavs. I like Colin Sexton. I like Darius Garland, and I love Jared Allen, but they got a long way to go. One of those guys needs to turn into a superstar or all of them, or they they have a long ways to go, but they have a young core. It's just not going to get them very far at the moment. The Grizzlies also in this tier. We saw the Grizzlies last night. They have a couple players I really like. John Morant, really like. Dylan Brooks, who did a pretty good job defending Giannis at times last time. I really like him. And I like Jaron Jackson Jr. But like the Cleveland Cavaliers, it's not enough to just have an exciting young core. You need to be going somewhere. And unless John Morant becomes a transcendent superstar, or Dylan Brooks, or Jaron Jackson Jr., or somebody comes to Memphis, they're just going to remain a young, exciting team that then becomes an old, mediocre team. That's a lot more expensive, too. The Thunder. The Thunder are bad. But they're bad on purpose. They have great culture. Players seem to buy in and work hard. And they have Lou Dort, who's interesting. The Thunder are 15 and 21. But they have means to improve. They got a lot of draft capital. Not a lot of heavy contracts. Or at least contracts that are going to wear them down past the next year or two. Thunder aren't in a terrible spot. But I wouldn't want to be the Thunder right now. And the Kings. The Kings are also in the fifth tier. The bottom tier. I love them. But they went from a fringe playoff team a couple of weeks ago to bottom of the barrel real quick. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. And oh yeah, by the way, we all forgot for a little bit, but Luke Walton is a terrible coach. They do have Tyrese Halliburton though, and that's exciting. Fourth tier, let's take a step up. These are teams that are fun regular season teams. They're competitive. They have good players. And maybe they make a tiny little bit of noise in the playoffs, but probably not, and that's really it. Pacers. Pacers are perfectly situated they're right outside the postseason right now they're 16 and 19 and they're one of these teams Sabonis is really unique and really effective and fun to watch it's good score good rebounder good passer he does everything he's not a superstar though and I like Karis LeVert and I like Malcolm Brogdon but what what next where are you going next with what instrument can you improve to quote the movie the big chill I don't see anything but they're a fun regular season team They're never going to make it very far in the playoffs, but they're a fun regular season team. The Hawks, stick them in this tier as well. They drive me crazy. There's a lot I don't like about the Hawks, but they're interesting. For example, check out this recent game log from Danilo Gallinari. They're starting power forward. You ready for this? This is how he scored in the last, let's say, five games. Six points, eight points, 38 points, five points. That explains perfectly the 16 and 20 Atlanta Hawks who just fired their coach. The Spurs. I think the Spurs are a really fun regular season team. And as of right now, they're the seventh seed. Four games over 500. <laughs> Give it up to Greg Popovich. DeJounte Murray is awesome. And they have Jakob Hurdle. They could be doing worse. The Hornets are another one of these teams. The Hornets are the seventh seed. And I was on the Hornets day one. And I will continually and obnoxiously bring that up because I was so right on the Hornets and no one else was. And I I took flack for it. I wouldn't be shocked if they try to make a move. Why not make a call on Bradley Beal? You got lots of young players. You wouldn't have to give them all up. LaMelo Ball looks like the real deal. Gordon Hayward is back. Terry Rozier is better than Kemba Walker, which is hilarious because screw the Celtics. The Hornets and the Spurs are kind of the same team. Young, exciting. They have means to improve. The Hornets and the Spurs, a very unlikely pairing. That's our fourth tier. Now, let's get into the the legit teams. We're into the third tier. This is a tier of teams that could get hot, play really well, and possibly knock off a big team in the postseason and make it to the conference finals. Think of the Denver Nuggets and what they did last year. Remember? That's what I'm talking about with this tier. Teams that really can't win a title, but they could get really hot and surprise people and and take out a, a championship contender team in the postseason along the way. Number one are the Celtics. 
The Celtics did this last year. They like somehow just kind of ended up in the Eastern Conference Finals, and everyone's like, well, how did how did they get here? And then they lost. <laughs> like that, that they're good enough to do that again. They're not good enough to beat Milwaukee or Philly or Brooklyn, but they're good enough to just kind of end up in the Eastern Conference Finals. After all, that's what happened last year. Another team in the third tier could get hot, make some noise. The Raptors. They don't have a superstar. But Nick Nurse is so good. And every player on that team is a dog. They have a ceiling. They're not making it out of the East. They could get a a couple things to go their way. And they could get hot and probably make the conference finals. But that's about it. They're two games under 500 is the AC. But their whole team has COVID and their whole coaching staff is out. The Heat. The Heat are another one of these teams. They could get hot and take someone out like they did last year. They're the same team as last year, except this year. Brooklyn's way better. Philly is way better. I think when it's all said and done, the Bucks are going to be better. So the Heat are basically the same team. They could pull the same crap in the postseason, but they're going to lose in the conference finals because they're not getting past one of these juggernauts. The Nuggets. They did it last year. They could do it again this year, just like Boston. And the Blazers. They have Dame. Have you been watching Dame recently? His last five games. He's been unreal. 35, 25, 24, 35, 43, 31, 34, 20, 30, 36, 29, 30. I could keep going. Just gaudy numbers and big shots at the end of the game. I also have the Warriors, the Mavericks, the Pelicans, who all have enough good players where they could figure it out and get hot, and the Wizards. The Wizards. Yeah. I think the Wizards could get hot. I know they're six games under 500. They have a negative point differential, and they're behind the Bulls and the Pacers and the Hawks, but... Something about Bradley Beal, and I don't know why, but something about Russell Westbrook. They have the star power, and I think they have the attitude to push through and maybe flip over the apple cart in the postseason and end up in the second round or in the Eastern Conference Finals, and people go, how the heck did that happen? Yeah, I think the Wizards could be one of those teams. Now on to the second tier. These are teams that could win a title if things break their way, right? These teams aren't as good as the the favorites, which we'll get to in a sec, But they have a star, and they could get hot and make it happen. The Raptors in 2019, great example. They'd be in this tier. Dirk and the Mavericks in 2011, they'd be in this tier. And there's only four teams. The Bucks, who are good enough to do it with Giannis. The Sixers, who have Embiid and a much-improved Simmons. And the Clippers, because Kawhi has done it before. I also included the Suns in this tier. I didn't didn't feel good about it. But really sneaky, they have the second-best record in the NBA, and they're second in the Western Conference at 24-11. and They have a substantial point differential it's just over six and a half and they're one of the two teams in the league that are both top eight in offense and in defense i i know they're the suns but they have long guys who can defend deandre ayton and mikhail bridges and chris paul's just kind of making it work so if he stays healthy yeah the suns could end up in the conference finals absolutely the top tier tier number one the favorites the lakers and the nets and if everyone remains healthy and nothing crazy happens These two teams should be in the finals. The Lakers probably have the best one-two punch in the league, and the Nets have the best one-two-three. The Nets have an overwhelming amount of options, even down to Joe Harris, who's nails. Joe Harris can bang. Simply put, simply explained, if you were to play out the NBA playoffs 50 times, one of these two teams is winning the title 40 to 45 times. And that math works out, because if you look at the last 10 years, we've had a surprise champ twice. The Mavericks in 2011 and the Raptors in 2019. Mathematically, about once a decade. So that's 40 to 45 times out of 50. Works out well. Nets, Lakers are tier one and everybody else is behind. Those are my NBA championship tiers. Let's wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Talk more basketball or whatever you'd like. Just give me a text on the talk and text line. 608-796-2558. More of the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.